0: the gamers in come on in pull up a chair next to the fire it looks like you've had a long journey i'm your host jocelyn and joining me as always is my co-host ryan hello ryan
1: hello happy to be here from the post post apocalyptic uh world of horizon i don't know
0: i am honestly so excited about this because guys we did it ryan finished forbidden west i did in april It's so exciting.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Not only did I finish it, Jocelyn, but I didn't tell you this uh, pre-show, but I platinumed it
0: what even i haven't done that yet what i
1: know
0: <laughs> i did the thing that i swore i wasn't going to do where like i finished the game and saw the credits and everything else and then i went ah, and i put it down and then i picked up like tiny Tina's and Ghostwire tokyo and stuff and i've been like still on the playstation but not going back into forbidden west really to to clear up the last few little final things i need so Good for you. And actually, I don't even know if I can platinum it because I'm not sure if they've actually fixed that quest <laughs> that I uh, Zoe's um, like companion quest.
1: Yeah. No. 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 I think they've been doing a lot of patching and stuff. It honestly, uh, when was the last time you you booted up the game? Because I I think if it was patched, uh, it was it would a just... few weeks ago. Oh yeah. You should download the. I'm sure it's downloading the patches, but uh, you should boot it up. It it would it should honestly just. Pop the trophy if they've fixed it. I've I've seen glitches like that before where trophies or achievements weren't working properly, and you just have to like literally boot the game up, and it'll be like, oh yeah, this is checked. Let's let's pop that.
0: Excellent, excellent. So, yeah, I think that uh, I mean I just oh man, I'm so happy that you did that. I am it just oh, warms warms the cockles of my heart. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you know, here's the thing. Uh, I love the way um sony has approached trophies at least with their first party titles where they have really set up this mentality of like we're not going to make you do everything we're going to make you like try everything um yeah. and and that's the only reason i was able uh, there is so much this game is absolutely enormous and i've definitely not done everything but i've i've experienced every type of thing
0: mm-hmm. and
1: i think that's the best part about the way they've set up the trophies where uh, you can just kind of do everything. It's like, for example, there are racing, and I only had to get first in two races, and I, I could drop it and and move on.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, because I was going to say, I think the only thing that I remember, you other than, like, quests, like, you obviously had to do all the main uh, story quests, but um, other than that, I think the only other thing that you, like, had to do is you had to, like, ride all the different mounts, and you had to... Kill all the different machines, and we should probably say because I forgot to say off the top of this episode. But um, if you have not played all the way through Horizon Forbidden West, this is our one hundred percent spoiler cast. So we are going to be talking about all aspects of the game tonight. It is all we are talking about. I'm so excited, but uh, yeah, if you have not finished the main quest line specifically and are still trying to uh, to stay away from spoilers, then maybe tune in next week. <laughs> but uh, yeah, if you don't mind spoilers, if you want to be here with us for the conversation, if you played Forbidden West and you're like, yes, they're finally talking about it, which is how I feel, then uh, yeah, that's that's what we're doing tonight. So um, I think uh, the best place for me to kind of jump off this conversation or kind of where I want to start things is with the companions and the base system. Because this, like we had quests in Horizon Zero Dawn that were related to specific people that we met. But in Forbidden West, we had this, like, very central base with, like, different places that opened up when we, you know, uh, recruited new people to our cause. There were a whole bunch of different people you could have, like, lots of conversations with, and then they had their own, like, loyalty missions. It didn't impact the story in any way in terms of, like it wasn't like Mass Effect that you had to like build up your relationship or they died. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was just like um, extra pieces to their specific character story. Um, and yeah, you, you kind of like had each, each character had their own like space within your base and you had to keep going back there. Cause that's where Gaia was to deliver the different like AI systems to her and stuff like that. So it, it was very central. It was this hub that you had to keep going back to. And how did you feel about that? Because uh, for me, I I I enjoyed it, but it was kind of like, like spokes on a bike. Like, I felt like I kept going out and coming back and going out and coming back and going out and coming back. And I was like, oh, man, I really just want to keep progressing. And for a very long time, like right up until um, like after you get those three um, subsystems, you it feels like you're not even going west, right? <laughs> you keep going back to the middle.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think from, uh, I love in Mass Effect, you know, where you're able to go back to your ship and and check in with your your crewmates, especially when you're not able to bring um, your crewmates along to every single quest. And, and especially with Horizon, you are not traveling with your companions unless it's no. a specific quest for them. Um, so I like the base based on being able to just have conversations with these characters. I knew exactly where they were. I knew after every mission, they were going to have something new to say. Um, I love that they pop a little exclamation point above all the, the new dialogue options.
0: Yeah. When somebody has something new to say, like you don't have to wonder, you don't have to go around and talk to everybody. It's like, if something has been triggered, like just for Zoe, then you only have to go talk to her. And it's very obvious.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, It's just a really great setup. Now, I mean, I hadn't really thought about that. It's a really good point that eventually it does feel like you're going out and back, out and back. And um, there's, you know, there's good story reasons for that. Like Gaia is is stuck there. She can only be there unless Mm -hmm. she's being carried around in like a weird proton pack, which which looks very (laughs) silly. Um, or no, 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 that wasn't the proton pack. It was, that it was, was No,
0: that was, yeah.
1: <laughs> it was like this giant cylinder that, that they had to like cart around, uh, for one quest. And, um, yeah, I, I think like the first game was very solo, very, it was just Aloy and you didn't really have help from other people unless they were in, in the area. And I think this one really takes him be like, no, this is a, this is a global effort. We're trying to save the world, not just a giant city. So we need everybody ready to go and you you bring these companions on you know on your mission and I think it makes sense to have like a base system as opposed to like running around and being oh, I gotta go back to you know such and such a place to check in with with this person and whatnot but uh it does kind of make the world uh fall away a little bit and that you are like having to like fast travel back and forth back and forth it it does it does remove like that um I felt like I was using fast travel more in this one than I was in the first horizon, uh, which, which is fine. Same. Yeah. So, but that being said, like it didn't, it didn't bug me too much. I really appreciated having like one area and you knew when you went back to the base, you would have access to like all your upgrades, all your, uh, all your ability upgrades. Uh, you know, you could talk to Gaia, you could, you could turn quests in, you could start new quests. It, it felt like a good spot. It was kind of in like the first third of the map too. So it wasn't, Mm -hmm. it was well placed. Um, But yeah, like it, uh, it was a, it was a good addition. I think it was needed for this story, especially.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so um, the companion quest that you had to do, you only had like those um, side quests for those specific companions with your new people. So you had one for Zoe, you had one for Katalo and you had one for Alva. Um, of those companion quests, were there any of them that kind of like stood out to you? Any that you really enjoyed or or didn't or, you know, learned more about the characters? Like, who was your favorite new character that was introduced? And, and was it because of that quest?
1: Uh, yeah, I think that... Uh... I mean, I think one that's going to be a a common one across both of us, uh, I'm guessing, is is Catalo's quest.
0: Yes! Oh, (laughs) my God! If anything had happened to him, I think I would have been done with the franchise. I (laughs) loved that character. Loved him. He was like the total like enemy off the get-go that you kind of like fight shoulder to shoulder with because all of a sudden you're like oh my god now we have a common enemy out of nowhere we have to try to not die and uh and then you know like he's very gruff and he's like i hate outsiders and we'll never be friends and i can't believe my chief is trusting you (laughs) like he's super grumpy about everything you, especially, doesn't want your help. like, especially since he he loses his arm in the embassy, the the big fight with Regala right at the very beginning. So he feels like inadequate as a warrior, and that's his whole job is like protect the chief of the like of all the tribes and stuff. and he he just like, I don't know. He's going through a lot when you meet him. But when he warms to you, oh, my God. <laughs> like I just love him so much. And he's so like he out of, I think, all of the new characters was just so full of like personality and backstory and and just like human interest. Like he just oh, man, he was so well written. Not to say that like, Alva wasn't. I thought she was a great addition. She was really interesting because of her entire culture having access to the focuses, but not the last, like, five years of data from the fall of Earth. So, like, or I guess the the apocalypse, the fall of society, whatever. Um, so, like, she brought a very interesting perspective to it. And then Zoe, kind of same thing with, like, her like having to like losing stuff losing family and friends and stuff and the red raids. and, you know, being a farmer, having to take up arms. like she had a pretty interesting story, too. But there's just something about Catalo that, like, was just so interesting, like, with his whole backstory of how he was, like part of a tribe and such a great warrior that eventually the chief cast him out and like sent him off to to be part of the the guard for the main chief guy because he didn't want like a rival in his own city. Like it just, oh man, I don't know there, man, his story was just so interesting.
1: Yeah. No, it, his entire arc was really good. And I think that my favorite part is like right off the bat, as you said, he's very, he's he's more aggressive. He's abrasive. He doesn't want to be anyone's friend, but as soon as he earned, or as soon as, you know, Aloy um, earns his trust and, and they, they get along, he just has this sort of gruff, cheery attitude with everybody. And I, I love, he doesn't really hate anyone. I mean, mm-hmm. he's, he's a pretty lovable guy. Uh, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't have issues with, with anyone. And I, and I love that. Cause again, like I was worried there's only, there's one character in this whole game and that's silence. He is the guy who's, who's allowed to just talk down to everybody. And <laughs> we're going to talk about like the new bad guys they introduced. And, and I think like, that was one of my qualms with the new bad guys they introduced cuz they're all they're all assholes that talk down to everybody so they kind of but and this is the thing like i i like silence because i love the actor uh lance reddick reddick Riddick? anyways i i should have looked it up earlier i think it's lance something <laughs> anyways he's awesome and he plays and he, silence is great silence is the only one though is that that is a tolerable character that talks down everyone. And there are other examples, but they usually uh, don't last long. Most of the people <laughs> in this game that act that way uh, end up dying gruesome, gruesome deaths. Um, but yeah, I really loved Katalo. His quest where uh, he basically gets a new arm um, yes. is fantastic. And then he does the thing where he's, he takes it off and you're like, well, why are you taking it off? It's like, I'm only going to use it when I need it. you know. And I thought that was such a great touch because he had gotten used to fighting with one arm and and he's very capable mm-hmm. and uh and I and again like there are these moments at the end of the game where in the cutscenes he had he puts the arm on for the final battle um and I wonder like I I don't I haven't talked to anybody who would skip a companion quest but I'm sure there are folks out there that that may have forgotten to do it before the final quest it would have been interesting to see I'm sure it's just a cosmetic difference. There's probably no variations to the ending um outside of one character that you mm-hmm. can spare uh or kill, but uh
0: But for the most part, yeah. I feel like um in terms of like who lives and who dies did feel very on rails. Like I said, like doing the companion quest or not doing the companion quest, there was no um there was no, like, relationship meter with any of them or anything like that. It, it, I don't think it would have um, changed the outcome of, of any of them because we we obviously, um, and I guess this kind of leads into my next section about, like, notable quests, um, we do lose a really, really important character uh, in Varl. Like, uh, and I, so that was actually spoiled for me. So that was the quest where you take Hephaestus to or sorry you take gaia to hephaestus and you attempt to merge the two and you find out basically that far zenith had been tracking hephaestus cuz they knew that eventually you were going to need to get him right so they were just like eh, like we'll just keep tracking hephaestus cuz eventually you know like that's it's going to be important um and so you uh you go there and then the Far Zenith people basically come and there's a big well, not really a big battle, there's no. a pretty one-sided battle, um, where Varl is killed, uh, beta is taken, and uh you are like knocked out, but then saved by uh one of the Far Zenith members. So that uh that character death was actually spoiled for me by accident because you, um, I think you're talking to, I can't remember if it was, if it was Alva or if it was Beta, but one of the two of those characters starts talking about, um, uh, oh shoot. What's his name? Ger- Gerard or something? Or
1: is Gerard, Gerard the main guy or is it Eric, the really aggressive wants to kill everybody guy?
0: Oh yeah. Might, it might've might been Eric. Yeah. Yeah. The enforcer guy, Eric. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, they're, they're kind of, they're talking about Eric and I, this is why I think it was Alva because, um, she's kind of like talking about him as this like general character or whatever. And, uh, and Aloy makes some comment about like, not, not liking him or like something about like, oh, that guy or whatever. And, and, but they're like talking about this character as if we, the audience knows a lot about him. And I was like, man, did I miss something? Cause I had forgotten from way back when we first saw the Far like I'd forgotten their names. So I was like, I don't know who this is. Like, who is this character? And that that was a little bit of my like, if I if I could point out like a plot issue, it was that like after that first um encounter with Far Zenith, when they assume Aloy is dead, then you know, you don't see them again. Then it becomes a lot about um trying to put Gaia back together you kind of, the, the villains are are kind of at arm's length. Like, Regala and her rebels are around, but they're not really doing anything. <laughs> like, Regala's rebellion and her doing stuff is so uh, tied to, like, Aloy and what she's doing that, like, when I was off doing a whole bunch of side quests and, like, nothing was really happening with Regala, I'm like, well, oh, they're they're pretty chill rebels, aren't they? <laughs> but, like, the the villains for a really long part of my game just seemed like they weren't really doing anything and the far zenith ones specifically really don't come into play until the very end so i'd forgotten who this character was eric that they were talking about so i googled it because i was like i feel like there's a whole bunch of story like either that i don't remember from zero dawn or because i had to do that with ted farrow as well i was like okay i vaguely remember what he did and that he was the bad guy and he deleted apollo but i'm like what like who was he again um, and so I did that with Eric, and then it was like, basically like, he's the one that kicks your butt when you first meet the Far Zeniths, and then he kills Varl, and I was like, shit! <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, that's one of the things that's like, once you read it, you can't unread it, right? No, yeah. <laughs> so I, I did spoil that character death. But other than that, and you and you kind of mentioned um, being able to choose whether to spare a character or not, and that's Regala but outside of those two characters i don't think that there's any real changes you can make like i don't think anybody else potentially dies
1: no it, it's a it's a and, and it's a linear game and that's totally yeah. fine it's what i wanted Um, I don't need you know layers of choice
0: no if you want to tell your story tell your story like absolutely yeah (laughs) I'm glad there was no way to save Varl like he was a fine character don't get me wrong (laughs) like I feel like that was a total dick thing to say like poor Varl (laughs) but uh yeah like he he was totally fine um I just yeah like I'm glad that if the story decision was to kill him I'm glad that they didn't make a way to save him and create like alternate timelines and alternate endings. Like, yeah, tell your story.
1: <laughs> exactly. This is the thing, though. Um, I think that when you look at the Farzinas, which are these characters, these immortal characters that are invul- they're, they're invulnerable. They have these shields that basically protect them. There's one weapon in the game that brings down that shield. Super effective MacGuffin, by the way. Um, <laughs> but uh, Really, like, the amount of character deaths that happen for our uh, for our team, the good guys, there's really only one death. Like, there's not – for the amount of danger we're in, we sure do avoid it pretty well, you know? Yeah. And I think it, it – you know, in that scene where um, it, when you first encounter them – Aloy is able to, to slip away. It's just Aloy that, that is confronted with them. The second time you come across them, um, you know, the rebels are testing a weapon which brings down the shield of, I think it's Verdana or something, and and she dies. Uh, but that's not by your hands. But again, like in that seconding that third encounter where you are kind of like, uh, you know, you, you are sort of ambushed it made it made sense for one of your companions to it someone had to die in that moment or else it would have been like oh we got away again
0: yeah yeah it up the stakes
1: yeah it's uh it, it needed to happen and it was that classic like last third of the game heroes are down what are we going to do and we come up with this you know big plan um i i think like there was a lot going on in the game and i really liked the idea of the 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 farziness and we'll talk a bit about them but i i think from from all of the quests that were going on in the game like there was a good mixture of addressing the old world with ted farrow introducing new um new civilizations like the quen which was really Mm -hmm. interesting um but also just there was just so much to do in the game and that like a lot of these quests were just like I'm gonna do some hunting grounds. I'm gonna, the, they added the melee pits. Like there was just so much to do and, and really like, it can feel like these Farzinas are really keeping to themselves. And uh, as you said, this, this rebellion's not really going.
0: Uh, one of the things that I took some time to do um, after I recovered my three subroutines um, or sub functions or whatever they were um, is I went around to all the different like salvage yards and completed that armor quest because I was like, I remember, do you remember in the first game, there was that like um, synthetic, like um, light armor or whatever right. that was basically like an entire other health bar <laughs> and oh. regenerated like a shield. It was near the end game and it was like basically invincibility. So I was like, if anything in this game is going to be the same as that, it's probably tied to this like armor competition that these guys are having. Um, And so I went around to all the different salvage points and did all of those quests and stuff. And that took a really long time. It was probably like three or four hours of, of gameplay. And so once you do all of those and you go through the armor quest and you get the armor, I mean, it's good armor, but it's not the same. It's not invincibility armor, which I think is probably good for the game that there wasn't like invincibility armor.
1: <laughs> yeah, I would say um, if if folks are listening to this and haven't finished the game uh, and don't care about spoilers, and you've, this is why you've made it this far. Um, <laughs> in doing the platinum, there was a couple quests that I completed post the the main story, and it should be mentioned that like when you finish the main campaign, they do the the thing I love, which is. Con- you know they basically keep you going they continue the story yes there are a few lines of dialogue for each character as you are reintroduced to them um throughout the world and uh like there's a couple quests so again like uh fighting the enduring um that was one where you get uh additional damage added to your your spear super handy if you can do that one before you know
0: oh okay that was the melee pit one right
1: yeah exactly yeah,
0: Because, yeah, I never I didn't actually go through and do that one. Um, like I said, I did the salvage yard thing. But that was one thing I was concerned about, because so when you finish the game and you like roll credits and whatever, the game ends with you essentially having to spread the word about the what the next big bad is, what the, the thing that's coming. And uh, so all of your companions kind of like scatter. And I was like. I, I warned Ryan. I was like, "Do your companion quest before you do your final mission," because I don't know. And I, like, I didn't want to like make you think that they were going to die or not die or whatever. Um, but I was like, once they disperse, I don't even know if you can find them again because you go back to your base, and like you said, it's a, it's a continuation. It's not like a going back to your save right before the final battle. Like it's it's a continuation. It's like okay, we've defeated the big bad thing at the end of the game now we're living in this post battle world um and that means that your base is empty <laughs> like everybody's gone
1: <laughs> except so, for silence he's still except there Except Silence, yeah <laughs> fantastic company that guy gotta tell you yeah <laughs> uh, he's, he's improved a little bit post game but i remember before the main quest ended every time you went in that room which was an important room it was yes. where you um you had your workbench and also where you unlocked the overrides the broken overrides Every time you go in that room, which is your room, by the way, it's not yes, his. Yeah, <laughs> He just sort of sets up in there as like, oh, this lab will do. And um, I think he, every time you go in there, he says, what would you like now? And I'm like, buddy, my in base. my room. Yeah. yeah. I'm allowing you. <laughs> not even you. just
0: my base, but my specific room. <laughs> like, come on. And actually that reminds me um, because this is one of, I think, like there were a lot of really well-written, really well-done moments um, in the game and I had a lot of like emotional connections to a lot of characters and a lot of times but um, there was one point in particular that was um, you kind of like when you're in your room there's like mementos around the room that you can interact with and one of them is like your original spear and you can kind of like work through your feelings about um and I'm totally blanking on his name now. Oh my god. You're like mentor, the the guy oh, that raised Rost. you. Rost. Rost. Thank you. Yeah you can kind of like reflect on that loss because you didn't really get to do that in Zero Dawn. It was kind of like he died at the Proving. It was super-duper sad, but then, like, everything just happened, and it was like, go, 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 and you, she didn't really, like, take the time. Alo didn't take the time to really process the loss of, essentially, her father. And uh, so there's this, like... There's these moments where you can interact with the spear, like, kind of after each main story quest, and and you can kind of, like, think on Rost and, and his effect on you and stuff like that. But then there's a point where... Beta thinks that she's and and Beta is uh, essentially another clone of Elizabeth Sobek. Um, the Far Zenith people, when they were coming back from the planet that they were on, I can't remember serious? which one now. Was it serious? Okay, I was. I'm like, I think it starts with an S, but yeah, whatever planet they went to on their way back, they were like, "Hey, if we're going to, you know, like uh, reboot Gaia and do all this kind of stuff, we're gonna need Elizabeth Sobek." So they made a clone of her. So now there's Beta. So there's Aloy and Beta, and they're both clones uh, at the same age of Elizabeth Sobeck, except for one has been raised to be essentially the genius part of Elizabeth. And then there's Aloy, who's, you know, like, been raised uh, more well-rounded, <laughs> I guess, <laughs> than uh, then Beta's upbringing. Like, Beta's upbringing was very much like, you have a purpose, you might as well be a robot yourself. Like... All you have to do is know everything about these systems sort of thing. Um, And so there's this really interesting interaction where Beta thinks that she's essentially like deficient or broken in some way because she's like, she's scared, right, by everything that's going on. And she thinks that that everything's going to fail. And she looks at Aloy and sees herself as lesser because she can't do all the things that Aloy does. And then they have this really great moment where Aloy's like, you're not broken. You just didn't have a rost. And I was like, they finally like did him justice. He was this like amazing character at the beginning of the first game who, like, was so instrumental and I got so attached to, even though he was basically like the tutorial. (laughs) like He was before the proving. Like, you go to the proving and he, like, says we can never speak again goodbye and then dies at the proving saving you and it's just like... I don't know how they write these characters that I get so invested in, but he was only in the game for an hour, maybe. <laughs> but he was such an important character to Aloy. I loved like the memorial kind of like send off to him, and the way like they dealt with the whole like nature nurture conversation.
1: Yeah, it makes sense that he would have a, a a big impact, even though he had such a small part of the game, is because yeah. You know, it's 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 a small part of the game, but it is a large part of Aloy's life, basically yes, from yeah. from birth to his death. Uh, but uh, <laughs> it's um it's a good chunk of time that we see pass, and uh, it is good that they bring him back. I, I find sometimes with these sequels, uh, even with a story game, where they'll have these characters that basically serve as the introduction or the tutorial, um, and then they drop them. Uh, drop them like uh, they, they didn't exist. But in this game...
0: Yeah, well, because they don't want the main character to rely on someone like that, right? That's why they always kill the parents.
1: Right, yeah. <laughs> but in this case, they bring them back in a, a a really smart way in that, like, as you said, you you're able to reflect by checking out the the memorabilia in your room that collects over time, but also they bring him back into this critical moment with, yeah. you know, Beta who's been freaking out since she, she joined your base. And th- after that moment is kind of the first time where she's finally calm and, and has collected herself. And, and she's, she's lived an even more sheltered life than, than Ayla did. She basically existed in a chair connected to these AR, VR, Th- matrix thing so it's 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 been a really you know uh rough life for her and and um even her finding the courage to escape the far people uh and and that whole moment i thought that was a really uh a good scene and kind of built because i when they first introduced you know beta as like this other something another clone like <laughs> how many clones can we just keep making elizabeth Sobets, like you know just <laughs> just keep printing them out yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, and I thought it was really interesting when they first introduced Beta as a clone because she comes in with the Farazenas and at that point, you don't actually know that they're, like, extraterrestrial, that they're, like, from somewhere else. So I was like, like, you know they're from somewhere else, obviously, Mm -hmm. but, like, you don't know that they're from somewhere else, like, off Earth. And uh, it was really interesting because I was like, oh, man, like, the whole first game was based around the fact that, like, the cauldron, like the main, um, like base, like woke up and made an Elizabeth Sobek because the like um, the self destruct sis- um, signal came down, right? And and all of a sudden there was a big threat in Hades, and so they went, oh, we need a clone, 3D print Elizabeth, <laughs> like. <laughs> so you know, it never really occurred to me when playing through the first game that like maybe that happened elsewhere in the world like who's to say that these um that these characters or like that this um civilization in utah (laughs) is the only one right and that wasn't where what ended up being the farzina story obviously we know that they're the ones like they they left when earth fell went way far away up into space Everything went horribly wrong there, and then they came back. So, like, we we know their story. But then we get the Quen, who actually are exactly what I was looking for, which is another civilization, another pocket of humans on Earth who survived through all of this. So, yeah, I think that um, the idea of Beta and having another clone didn't play out the way I thought it was going to. But was still super interesting. And they also brought in another, like, civilization from el- elsewhere on Earth, which I thought was super cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and I think that uh, the introduction of and learning more about who the Far Zenith are is kind of fitting where we're at right now. Is because like I think if you look at when the first Horizon came out, um CEOs were like of these huge companies all of which uh kind of make up the 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 people who left earth with far zenith and went to to Sirius on on this like spaceship or whatever um like right now <laughs> no one really likes CEOs anymore like no one likes <laughs> any CEO i'm sure there are some fantastic CEOs out there that people like but the ones that they're kind of like parodying or 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 sort of showcasing here are like kind of the worst of the worst of these like very you know, selfish people who mm-hmm. left Earth because they had billions upon trillions of dollars. And you do learn a little bit about some of the Farzenith people who, who did leave that weren't quite as bad. They do redeem some of those folks through side quests and stuff. But the majority of the Farzenith that you see throughout the game and in the final battle are all very much like, we don't care about the people of this planet. We're here for yeah. a very specific reason. And and they basically refer to everybody as worms like that's their go to yeah. and they are just really you really don't like these characters um
0: yeah well, before before we get too far into Far mm-hmm. Zenith, because I think that's that's a that's a good next topic is to talk about the bad guys. Uh, I wanted to say a very special thank you to Will G, our April patron, if you guys would like to support the show and everything we're doing here at The Gamers Inn, head on over to Patreon.com slash The Gamers In. Also a reminder that we have a Patreon goal for a monthly bonus inside the game special episodes, uh, which are very much like this, where we uh, take a game that we really enjoyed, something that is. Uh, very story based and do kind of a deep dive on our thoughts on all of the lore, all of the um, like the storyline, all the mechanics and everything else. Um, so if you like this episode, then do go on over to Patreon.com/slash/TheGamersIn to support us and help us hit the goal to do this every single month with a different game. Um, also wanted to remind you guys uh, that we are doing a game night in a couple of weeks on Friday, April 29th. Um, that uh, that post is also up on Patreon, so go and check it out. So Ryan, mm-hmm. let's talk about the bad guys.
1: Yeah, let's talk about the uh, the evil CEOs and um, the rebellion and all that. There's there's a lot. It's kind of weird. Like there's a lot going on with these bad guys, but as you, we said earlier in the show, they kind of take a backseat a lot of the game. Um, they show up in pivotal moments, but they're not they're not really. Especially the Varzinas, like they don't show up. They don't need to show up
0: no not at all they they very much they drop in near the beginning and then that one quest in the middle to uh to steal gaia from you once you've done all the legwork and then you have the big final battle with them at the end they're they're very much like um kind of separate from the rest of forbidden west and i i think that that was an interesting decision because Far Zenith, so what's what's really interesting about them is that they are actually the same physical people that experienced the apocalypse way, way back in the 2060s and flew off in the spaceship, basically per, um, perfected physical immortality and just stayed alive for a thousand years and then came back. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, Like, they are very interesting characters, and they are obviously extraordinarily technologically advanced because not only did they have the technology of the time, but also they've had another, like, thousand years since then to continue iterating not only with, like, their knowledge, but the entire Apollo database. So that was another piece of information that we got is that their spaceship actually did contain the Apollo database. So though Ted Farrow deleted the Earth version, there was still another version that was given to the Far Zenith Company. We originally thought in Zero Dawn that that spaceship exploded, but it showed us at the very beginning of the game of Forbidden West, when we actually go to the Far Zenith-like headquarters on Earth, that um, that was just a ruse. Mm -hmm. They didn't want anyone to know that that their mission had been successful. So everyone on Earth thought the spaceship exploded, but really they just continued on. So they are... Extraordinarily advanced, which comes into play in, in a number of different ways. But I think, like, they had to remain at arm's length for most of the game because we just couldn't compete with them, right? Like, until we figured out how to circumvent their technology, we didn't have a chance. And that would have been a pretty shitty game, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, you go up against the Far Zenith and Aloy dies, and you go up <laughs> against them again and Aloy dies, and then you go up against them again and Aloy dies. It's like, okay but <laughs> like how do we advance this story
1: <laughs> i think like i think it fits their characters that they would not um be constantly you know uh in Aloy's face throughout the game it, it makes sense yeah, they, they didn't
0: care they no. even though she's a clone of El- of elizabeth like she's obviously very primitive to their you know like technologically advanced eyes right and so they don't consider her a threat At all. (laughs) Like they don't consider Regala and the entire Tanakh army a threat. So yeah, they just they just don't care. They don't think that there's anything that the inhabitants of Earth can do to uh, to stop their plans, which basically their plan is uh, to terraform the Earth and kill everything on it and start over.
1: Yeah. Well, that's that is the plan throughout the whole game that we Yes. It's a that working we know theory. of.
0: Yeah, it's the yeah, exactly.
1: Um, there's a lot of stuff that happens in that final few hours of of the game that uh, that kind of rewrites what you thought was going on, but like yeah. I think the idea of what you learn, you know, throughout the good chunk of the game about the Far Zenith and that they have left their planet um in the moment they're saying like oh it's some sort of like environmental catastrophe that happened and they had to leave and they figure oh we'll just go back to earth and we'll 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 reboot earth and and that was my struggle in the in in the moments of the game is we, and we've had this conversation a few times in that mm-hmm. the game presents you with a lot of questions like the first one did and you kind of had to have faith that the answers would not ruin the journey or, or taint the journey, uh, as you're going through it. And I, and I really do feel like the answers we got were satisfactory in a way where it's like, oh man, that actually makes the journey so much better. And it's just really good storytelling. Um, and I thought like the twists were were really good, but, mm-hmm. um, the idea, I, I was always struggling with this, like, well, why would they come back to earth just to wipe it? They have no reason to wipe us out unless there's like some sort of like, atmosphere thing that they've gotten used to but they seem really comfortable in those like shield things like they never yeah. turn them off <laughs> even when they're talking to each other it's, yeah it kind of felt like they were well fine.
0: <laughs> honestly i i loved that um that little like moment or that flourish the fact that like They know each other so well, they've been together for a thousand years, they know that they are all backstabbing assholes, so they literally can't even put their shields down around each other, because they'd probably murder each other. Like, the only thing that is keeping them safe... From backstabbing CEO assholes is <laughs> their impenetrable, impenetr impenetrable, impenetrable armor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> and I just I thought that that was a hilarious, like paranoid rich person touch.
1: <laughs> I I just found the way they portrayed uh, these beings because they really don't feel human. They are very no. like they're very alien. Um, the way they talk about how uh, not only did they achieve immortality, but the first thing they did when they got to Sirius was basically lock themselves in their like meta headsets and they just hung around in in VR. It's almost like yeah. the creators hate the idea of the like meta horizon. Meta. We were talking about yeah. metaverse last week. <laughs> and it's kind of like I see this and I'm like, wow, this is like a deep sort of criticism yeah. <laughs> of, of that. And I kind of agree. Like I, I think if – if everyone were to just, and this is an example of like, if everyone were to just put on a headset and then continue to like, uh, like they talk about Eric as this, um, uh, this CEO that would spend millions of dollars to basically, you know, be a hunter and a terrible uh, human being. And then all he does in, in AR is just continuously play out these uh, simulations of, of that. And, and then he gets back and he's just this serial, uh, psychopath like
0: yeah he's a psychopath he's absolutely psychotic yeah yeah and and it's
1: like that's not good and they're all like they they all seem like that they very they seem very robotic very inhuman um the one character that sort of is still that but also joins your side which is tilda voiced by carrie ann moss and she does a fantastic job um Mm -hmm. as sort of being that like She's still a robot, she's still kind of like non-human, but she also like is attempting to have this connection with Aloy and her allies. Um not not for the, you know, uh, a good chunk of the game, but like it's a very small part near the end where she joins your team and I thought that was a really nice touch.
0: Yeah, I actually I want to talk about the Tilda character for mm-hmm. a, for a second because um you like it's interesting because you kind of like have this big character moment where varl's killed you're almost killed you're saved by a member of far zenith you have no idea why and then all of a sudden the game just like grinds to a halt (laughs) and you like you're at her like complex her old house or whatever and she's got all this like art she wants you to look at and stuff and you basically have and and i mean horizon it's a story game it always like it's intermixed with a lot of action and a lot of really fun combat but like there are a lot of conversation options. And I'm pretty sure I stood and talked to Tilda for an hour and a half. <laughs> yep. And the game just like grinds to a halt. I didn't even look at the art and she kept getting mad at me. And I was like, I don't care. I want to get back to my friends. Is errand okay? <laughs> <laughs> and like, and it does, it just, it really grinds to a halt. But in those conversations, you learn a whole lot about her and why she's so like uh i guess um supportive of aloy and interested in aloy and it's because she was in love with elizabeth and elizabeth refused to leave on the farzina ship she wanted to you know stay and do as much as she could for zero dawn for as long as she could and uh so yeah like it was a it was a really interesting story and then you know um we find out that tilda actually discovered Aloy's focus that like fell off um, when she was attacked by the Far Zenith at first. So Tilda wasn't particularly sympathetic, like to Aloy and her cause or anything else, until she found the focus with all of the data on it and was able to like basically like watch Elizabeth grow up and and you know like see everything she saw, everything she went through, or like everything Aloy went through and then became sympathetic to her and i thought that was a really interesting like character beat it like humanized tilda again and and had her kind of say like hey oh okay um it's been a long time since i've talked to anyone who wasn't another crazy like 1,100-year-old human, almost robot person. Um, this is new. <laughs> what are these emotions?
1: <laughs> yeah, like I I did listen to all the conversations about the art, and I felt like um, that was just because I was, I, I, I'm terrible at like walking past stuff that may include just even conversations between characters. Like text, I was able to kind of brush off if it was more – flavor text as opposed to like uh like lore text yeah but um those moments where you're looking at the art it it felt like uh i think there's a whole like video documentary about what they did there and and not necessarily why they did it but how they achieved it working with museums and and art uh, curators uh to kind of build that collection it fits her character it fits tilda's character to like want to preserve that stuff
0: yeah, because she was basically a data broker, right? Yeah. Like an information dealer um, way back in the day. <laughs> and that's how she like amassed her fortune. So then when everyone realized the world was ending, she was like, okay, well, I need to preserve like the best of the best world, like uh, the best things that humanity has produced need to be preserved, which I thought was really interesting. And again, very much in, in character for her.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it was the way the way those discussions went is like it you're right it felt very much like i just watched my friend die i don't know about my other friends even though you know this person i just met that just saved me is saying they're fine except for the person who was stabbed who is very much dead uh our good friend (laughs) um it like in the dialogue alo is is obviously curious she's always curious about the old world and, and and artifacts from the old world so she is participating in that conversation but she's also very much like can we move on? <laughs> <'Cause>, yeah, because <laughs> you keep talking about all this art that you have, and uh, it it very much you're right. It does feel like the game screeches to a halt, but you do get a lot of information about a lot the of
0: backstory. Yeah. yeah,
1: and I really like that moment. It was one of those moments where you're always wondering like what's going on with the Farzinas. You're getting tidbits, and finally, you have one of them on your side, willing to answer any of your questions in a um, somewhat direct manner
0: hmm I did love that Aloy never trusted her, though. Yes. Like, even though she's like, I don't care that you were in love with me in a past life of mine. Like, I'm not her. Like, I, I don't have any sympathy towards you. Like, you guys killed my friend. I'm still not 100% sure if you're even on my side. And she doesn't, like, right to the end, she doesn't trust her, which I think, obviously, we'll get to in a second. But um, before we move into, like, the the kind of end game and the grand finale. I do want to talk about Regala because I feel like the her and her rebels were much more like the throughout the game enemy. The ones that you were constantly they like there were the rebel camps that you had to get rid of. Um there were like she was a major part of a lot of different like skirmishes and and problems. And you had to unite the Tanakh against her rebels and Regala herself. I thought she was a really well done character in that, like, she was the personification of the Tanakh, like, just straight up badass warrior bitch. And, like, live by the sword, die by the sword. That's how it's always been. That's how it's always going to be. This is what I was raised for. And she doesn't fit in with the changes to her society and so she's just like why are we changing i don't like this like (laughs) i'm just gonna murder you all and run this the way it's supposed to be run and that is in a bloodthirsty warmonger way what's wrong with you (laughs) Like, i thought she was actually a really good like sympathetic villain even like you could kind of see where she was coming from because they kept just saying like she was raised this way and she kept coming up against these like roadblocks that she didn't understand <laughs> and she thought that you know like people were being weak or making bad decisions and she did everything in her power to you know like take over and and essentially like save her people save her way of life and i thought i thought she was actually pretty interesting
1: yeah like I feel the only reason she becomes the the villain is because um, Hakaro, the chief, he kind of sees what they call a vision, but what we know is is kind of just um, more of a, these stories being told of the old world and how the machine well, yeah, basically it's, overtook.
0: It's a museum, right? Yeah. Like it, it's it's a it's a museum, and the like um, holograms are telling the story of. Basically, um, the fight of the southwestern U.S. against the U.S. government because they wanted to, like, stay and, like, hold their land and stuff. But there were so many shortages because of climate change that, like, they were forced out of, like, the desert right so it, like it's a really really interesting again really interesting world building of all of the stuff that happened in like the vegas area and and water shortages and all stuff that we're going to face in the next 10 or 15 years um it was really really interesting um to see kind of like stories like that impacting like america like north america right mm-hmm. so like to uh, to see them and then so i think basically it was like um they i think i alluded to this in a, a previous gamers in episode but like the the gods that they worship are actually like 10 marine corps members basically who who took on the us government which is which is really really interesting and and part of that was this like speech about unity and everything else that happened at the end of that civil war and uh the the like main general person, I think I can't remember if she was actually a general or not. Anyways, doesn't matter. There's a main person who makes a big speech, and that speech is like um captured in the hologram. And Hakaro sees like little bits and pieces of this vision and, and decides that the Tanakhs are doing things wrong and wants to lead them into an era of peace, which Regala is like, WTF, no. <laughs> So uh, so yeah, I thought it was it was a really interesting way to um, like introduce that like rebel faction and that rebel leader, um, and the idea of like old ways and new ways and stuff. And then at the end, or like <laughs> pretty close to the end, we find out because I think Ryan, you and I both had the same reaction: is like we follow Silence West. We find the remnants of Hades after he's like digitally tortured him, however that works. Um, and then so we get some answers out of Hades, but then silence is just like gone. Uh, we get kind of um distracted, I guess, <laughs> with all of the goings on in the West, and silence just doesn't come up till the end.
1: Yeah, yeah, no he he steps off stage. you you feel his presence because you learn that he is behind uh regala coming to power and his plan is basically to have regala take over the tanakh and then um basically storm the far zenith baith distract the far zenith baith while he sneaks in and 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 uh solves the problem himself in in a typical silence way but yeah (laughs) his whole plan is basically to take aloy off the board because he knows aloy wouldn't agree with with what he wants to do which is basically sacrifice a whole tribe uh but Which, uh, yeah. I mean,
0: oh, I found that so frustrating because I'm just like, okay, are you, t- like, I know you have your plan and you think that you're doing the right thing and that far zenith has come to destroy us all. They're the ones that sent the the kill, kill command thing to Hades in the first place to wake him up. And Silence is like, oh man, okay, well, here's the plan. This is what we're doing. We're going to sacrifice all these people, but it's for the greater good. And I'm going to save the earth. And it's like, but you have Aloy. She's already proven that not only is she extraordinarily competent, but also she's the key to a lot of shit. (laughs) Like, (laughs) she's literally the DNA that unlocks the world. (laughs) So, like, maybe have her on your side. Like talk it out? <laughs> like, think of some alternatives? <laughs> I don't know. It was just, he was so single-minded that, first of all, he didn't need Aloy, and second of all, killing all of the Tanakh in, like, just a battle of attrition against the Far Zenith was his best shot of success to stop them. And I was like, mm, I feel like you guys could have talked about this and found another way because Aloy finds another way. <laughs> of course.
1: Yeah. And I mean... He he stops short of saying like, but I knew you'd find a way, so I figured like, my plan just helped your helped a better plan form through you. He de- he doesn't go down that route. He he does basically double down and be like, well, my plan would have worked. I figured you would have tried to stop me, so I tried to remove you from the board. But you, Aloy is basically she does not trust Silence, I and mean, right she wants to kill Silence at the beginning of she the game.
0: She does, yeah, very yeah. much so.
1: She has some strong words for him, and I mean like. His character at the end, when he basically, you know, we'll talk about the ending, but like he, they can't do it again in, in the third game, they can't have him be the standoff off He can be standoffish, but he needs to play ball. And I think he will. Um, But again, like they can't do that, that turn that they did at the end of the first game where it's like, he walks away and he wants to do his own thing you know uh they can't do that again in the third game i think they have to bring him in as a
0: yeah he's he's part of the team now yeah Yeah, they can't do the same thing again which i think i think works i think i think that's good and and i was happy that they kind of ended that relationship in that place Mm -hmm. um but yeah so i mean you you basically have regala and and her story kind of comes to an end where the farzina story starts to pick up which is essentially the final mission i think they might have split it up into two quests but it's it's basically the final mission once you defeat regala um then you kind of like take the fight to the far zenith and you uh, are able to talk to beta who's been captured and in, in their base and together you um basically take over the far zenith base and the um the fabricators i guess Um, And you create your own machine army right there at the base that are just... They're constantly pumping out machines that are under Aloy's control. And that's what they use in their battle of attrition as opposed to the Tanakhs. So, uh, yeah, definitely a better better plan, I think. But um, in the end, Tilda turns on you and basically says, like, we need to get the F out of here. Um, This was just like a, a stopping... Spot because basically what happened was they didn't have Gaia. They had like Apollo, but they didn't have the ability to, like they didn't have all of the pieces that they needed. And so they had to come back to Earth to try to get Gaia. It was just a stopping spot before they continued on because they created the biggest, baddest AI in the universe by attempting to um become immortal not just in their physical beings but their minds as well so basically i think the idea was like if my physical body dies there's still a copy of my mind so i can be put into somebody or something else or cloned or who knows
1: yeah it's uh okay a couple things first of all like if you want to see what that is you can watch uh upload on on Amazon Prime which is basically that it's about people putting their brains into like uh, into the internet into
0: computers yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's a
1: comedy it's it's a much easier watch than whatever the farzita people are are trying to showcase <laughs> because um i think like isn't it so fascinating that the the whole reason the world ended is because they tried to make this thing and they kind of just let it grow into their damnation and now again history repeating itself you have the richest most selfish people in the world leaving earth to go to this new planet and they create their own doom by not because they like build this thing and and it turns into the big bad like they did with i think it's like what do they call it the the pharaoh virus or whatever pharaoh
0: machines yeah. yeah
1: yeah in this case they build this thing and then they they scrap it they don't delete it they just ignore the de- ad ah, didn't work and they leave yeah, it yep. and it festers in this like prison until it becomes self-aware and decides like you guys are going to pay for this and decides to uh, wipe the far zenith a- away off the map of the universe to the point yeah. where they decide we're going to take out this colony but also like we see you're planning to leave for earth we're going to send the uh, the hades signal or whatever they ended I can't remember what they called it but Nemesis sent that signal in the first game yes. and I thought that was cool.
0: So yeah, we thought that that was Far Zenith for a lot of the um for a lot of uh, forbidden west mm-hmm. is we thought that they had sent that signal in basically a, a way to uh, to to wipe everything out before they got there. And uh, and it turned out no, it was actually Nemesis, which is this AI made up of the all of the malice of these consciousnesses, basically. Um, And you're right; like it was basically a failed experiment that they just left for hundreds of years before it was able to actually break out. And uh, and so it just, like you say, it just sat there and festered. and, And like we said at the beginning of the episode, like these Far Zenith people we're not the best people of Earth. Like, they were the richest people of Earth. And so, you know, there's a copy in there of, like, the the crazy, psychopathic Eric. <laughs> and, like, he's already like that. And if you think of um, just, like, a computer processing power and machine learning and AI and everything else and how fast that uh, technology can learn and grow... And then you think of it just sitting there for hundreds of years, like hundreds of years is a lot of time for like a person's brain to learn stuff. Well, like AI with machine learning for a hundred years. Oh my God. That thing would be ridiculous.
1: (laughs) Not happy. Uh... Yes,
0: exactly. Uh, Yeah. Self-aware and unhappy. So that basically sets up the final game. Tilda turns on us. She tells us about, her, we find out about Nemesis. And then she's like, ma ha ha, I guess you found my actual motivation. And then she tries to convince Aloy to basically jump in the spaceship and leave Earth with her now that they've got Gaia and everything that they need um, to go basically find a new home. Because they're, they're going to have to planet hop, essentially. <laughs> because uh, Nemesis, they assume, is always going to be able to find them and they think they can't stay on Earth because Nemesis has, like, the Apollo database and, like, all the information that that they have because it's the far zenith consciousnesses. Like, Mm -hmm. it's all of their memories. It's all of their knowledge. It's everything. So um, they basically assume that if they stay on Earth, Nemesis is just going to come and wipe them out. It's essentially following them from the colony. So Nemesis is imminent. You fight Tilda and you win, Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're basically left with the knowledge of Nemesis's imminent arrival. And you have to try to figure out what's gonna happen. And at that point, Silence is like, uh, we're getting in the rocket. <laughs> like, screw everybody else <laughs> in the world. Like, let's go. <laughs> and Everyone else decides to stay behind. And for a second, I thought he, on his own, was just going to go off in the rocket. And I was like, please don't do this. And then at the last second, he, like, turns around and he's like, maybe if we work together, we can actually figure this out. And I'm like, yes, silence, let's go. (laughs) We can be bros again.
1: (laughs) It didn't really make sense for him to leave on his own. Like, what was he going to do? Yeah, what
0: was he going to do? Float around in space forever and just be alone?
1: (laughs) I don't know. It it made sense for him to stay. It was kind of silly for him to walk away. It was almost like he was walking away. He was doing the thing like, I'm not going to look back. They're going to follow me if I don't look back. So I'm not going to look back. And then he looks back and all of them are sitting there looking at him like, what are you doing, dude? You're just going to yeah. go up in that rocket and <laughs> not give us a copy of Apollo? Like... Yeah. What's going on <laughs> well, that was the other
0: thing. I was like, even if he wants to leave, can he please just, like, leave Apollo behind? <laughs> yeah. Or give them a copy or something? Like, after everything they've been through. So, I think they ended it in a really good spot. Um, I thought that the idea of Nemesis was interesting. It tied into a lot of the plot points that we had been told, like, through the events of Zero Dawn and Forbidden West. Like, it kind of, like, tied up a lot of those loose ends. Um, that had kind of just been hanging throughout the story. And then, I mean, it's almost, like, more interesting. Like, Far Zenith were interesting villains if they weren't around as much as I kind of would have hoped. Um, But I think the idea of this, like, crazy, monstrous AI when so much of the Horizon world and the Horizon story has kind of revolved around the idea of AIs and their role in, like, restarting humanity. I thought that it was a really interesting, like, next step for the franchise to take. But, Ryan, I'm interested to know what you thought about the ending because, like, we got... It almost felt like we got lied to so many times. The story around Far Zenith changed so many times that, like, by the time we got to the Nemesis reveal, it was kind of like, okay, what?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it... Um... It's very rare for a game to have a, or or any sort of medium to have a story that kind of like flips the switch at the end, like oh, you thought it was this the whole time, but it's actually this, and you're essentially, as you said, you're lying to your audience, and you have to have a very compelling reason or outcome to be to to lie. Yeah, it's there like has that. to
0: be there has to be a payoff, like a big one.
1: <laughs> and you don't get it. You don't get it in this game. It is clearly something that they are going to pay off in the next game or DLC. Um I got a real sense of like as I was experiencing this ending I'm like holy crap this is Mass Effect 2 leading into 3 if in Mass Effect you didn't know what the reapers were like if you didn't know what the threat was uh like the reapers were the threat it was just sort of it dawned on you at the end of 2 like oh wait the reapers are coming and they're coming in the next game and we have to prepare and I have a feeling that you know it sets it up at at the end of the game where it's like we got to go we got to collect everybody we got to get ready for nemesis that is essentially the ending of two of like it's it's happening
0: yeah, it's a big cliffhanger. Exactly. Considering that they didn't technically have a third game like greenlit, and they still haven't, um, but the developers did come out and basically say um, in an interview, uh, hang on, where's the quote? Uh, this game ends with another big cliffhanger where we're setting up for some things in the next game once again. Um, this was the uh, creative director of uh, Grilly Games and Horizon, Forb- Horizon Forbidden. West. <laughs> um, so it hasn't officially been greenlit but I think um, the big difference between Zero Dawn and Forbidden West in terms of cliffhangers is that the Zero Dawn cliffhanger was very much the post-credit scene with Silence and Hades in the desert and like looking kind of evil and you know maybe doing some stuff he shouldn't but we weren't really sure what he was up to like it was a very like dun 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 moment And I think that uh, that could have been just the end. Like, if Zero Dawn didn't sell well, if it didn't, you know, have a good reception, everything else, they could have just said, okay, that's it, that's it. It's Mm -hmm. done. Um, But in Forbidden West, the cliffhanger is right in there in the main story. The cliffhanger is in the last like half hour of the main quest line. It's like, here's all the big reveals. You and Beta are up at the top of the Far Zenith like base. Uh, You get this exposition from. The files that beta is able to open, and then you get a little bit of like more background from Tilda where she's like, Ha, you finally figured it out. And like, that's that's a lot like, it's in the main game. This isn't a post credit scene that's just kind of dropped in there. It's like, this is very obviously meant to set up for game number three. Like, they haven't announced it, but it's coming,
1: yeah. Yeah, it's uh I think the game was always planned as a trilogy and and they've always said that from the beginning, but as you as you know like it's all based on whether it's financially sound. Yeah, they yeah. they
0: could have left it after Zero Dawn.
1: They yeah, very much so.
0: But I feel like they can't just not do a third one now no.
1: like <laughs> it's it's going to happen. Um yeah. <laughs> I mean like the other thing to look at is if we're looking at historically uh the first game got a DLC expansion I really love that the way they end this one. It continues the story. There's a perfect uh, option for you know DLC, similar to what they did with Mass Effect 2, where there was post-game uh, DLC where you are further preparing for for the arrival of the of the big bad, the big bad the whole time. Uh, in this case, Nemesis. I could see you you see some of the Quen you know leaving in that like final scene before the credits. I could see us, you know, traveling over to where the Quen are to to get more support from other tribes. Like, I feel like we've got this location down. Like, we are, you know, the savior of Meridian. We've now united the Tanakh. I think we're good here, but, like, to see some DLC where we go into some other areas, possibly over to where the Quen are to kind of try to do some good there and get them on board for fighting Nemesis, I'd like to see more of that. I think there's more prep to be done before we we leave, you know, Horizon for three to four years to get that third game. Uh, I would really like to see that.
0: I think that they, especially with um, Alva's companion mission, where you go and try to find the schematics for, I can't remember what it's called now, but basically it's the, is it Leviathan?
1: It is, yeah, <laughs> which was very Mass Effecty.
0: Yeah, 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 you know... I didn't really feel it when I was playing it, but now as we've been talking about it, I'm like, man, this is very much like a newly reimagined Mass Effect story. Like, there's a lot of parallels here, which is probably why I love it so much. Um, But yeah, so uh, the Leviathan system, which is basically like flood control, um, and it's been installed in wherever the Quen are from, and we never really learn exactly where they are, And, I mean, we know that they're somewhere across the Pacific Ocean, but, like, looking at the vessels that they have at, like, in San Francisco where they landed, I'm like, there is no way you're going across the entire Pacific Ocean in those things. Like, that's gotta be, like, Hawaii, maybe, (laughs) which would be a really interesting location for them to, like, actually explore, like you know, volcanoes, more, more swimming, which I do think the, the swimming in this game worked out really well. All the underwater stuff worked really well. It could have been terrible, but it worked really well. I thought it was a worry. Um, Yep. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, but yeah, I think that could be a really interesting location for them. And I mean, maybe they are all the way over in Asia, who knows, but, uh, it would be really interesting to go and, and kind of like Take that knowledge and the and the Leviathan schematics back, and like that feels very DLC-like is to, like go fix their stuff, get them on board, um, and then maybe explore a little bit more of the world. Because right now, in the first two games, we've been so tied to the like southwestern US, right? Or I mm-hmm. guess Western and then now southwestern US. Um, it's been very localized. So um I think broadening the world broadening Aloy's view of earth is kind of like the next logical step.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And again, like to, to have you do that in um, the sequel would feel weird. Cause you really feel like in the sequel, they're going to pick a location and you're going to stick there. Yeah, um, I mean, you do have Farzina tech, I guess. So maybe they could introduce a way for you to, quickly zip from continent to continent or whatever yeah but um i feel like they will stick to a a single area and i and i think we're gonna get the sequel in the way they treated this one where it was like both a direct continuation both in terms of what felt like tech and and systems if they go that route again i mean we could see this uh this it's gonna arrive on the playstation five and it'll likely be exclusive to the playstation five um, but I think we get it in two to three years. Like I, I'm not worried about the wait for this one. I, I mm-hmm. think it's going to come sooner rather than later. Similar to how we got, you know, God of War and, and its sequel that's coming this year as well Four year gap. So it was a longer wait for this one, but I think it will be a short wait for the sequel. We will likely get DLC. Pro- I would think if we're going to get DLC, we'll know about it by the end of the year for sure.
0: Yeah, I think so. Um, there were a couple of like leaks and hints and stuff um, uh, a couple months ago that kind of indicated that DLC would be coming. Um, we don't know how many pieces of DLC, how big the expansions are going to be. But I think um, Frozen Wilds was really well received in as the DLC for Zero Dawn. So I'm sure that we're going to get at least one expansion, um, if not multiple ones. But we'll see. We'll let you we'll let you guys know as soon as we uh, as soon as we hear anything because I mean I'm sure you guys are gonna hear me cheering even outside of the podcast. We will <laughs> whenever talk about it gets it. announced. Yeah, whenever it gets announced, everyone's just gonna hear me screaming hooray from like everywhere. <laughs> so yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I thought this was a really great game. It was an excellent follow-up to Zero Dawn. Um, there are so many plot points, so many quests, so many um, areas and everything else in this game that we didn't touch on today. But honestly, it would have been a 15 hour podcast if we had tried to go into absolutely each and every single detail. So if there's something important you guys think that we missed, we do still have a Horizon Forbidden West thread in the Gamers Inn, uh Discord. So if you go to bit.ly slash TGI Discord, you can join the conversation there. Or you can always email the show or hit us up on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn at Joc Plays. Brian is at our Murphy. And don't forget to follow the show at The Gamer's Inn. So thanks for staying at The Gamer's Inn. Remember, tune in next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone.